Who are you? What defines you? Is it being a father, a mother, husband, wife, son, daughter, football player? We're all defined in the world by so many different things. Did I find my identity in being a football player? No, because it's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know whose you are. Let me just be honest, I've had my highs and my lows. I've been blessed to win a Heisman Trophy and I've also been cut three times and traded once. So pretty much not wanted by four teams. It's not always gonna be easy. There's gonna be giants that get in our way. There are gonna be voices of negativity. So what do we have to do? We have to choose courage. We have to choose heart. We have to choose that God, you're in control. You know, when God gives us things, we can close our hand and say, this is mine. This is my talent. This is my ability. This is all mine. Or we can say, God, no, this is yours. You can take and you can give away, but it's all yours. If anything, when you fit in with everybody else, then you're missing out. So I encourage you, if you have a passion, then go all out. It doesn't matter what everybody's gonna say about you because at least if you stand out, you at least have a chance to be special. What really matters is people. What really matters is giving what you have to make a difference in people's life. I really believe that we will never find true satisfaction in fulfilling ourselves. We find true satisfaction in making a difference in other people's lives. Have the courage and the willingness to stand up for what's right, to stand up for people, to stand up for Jesus, and to make a difference. Leave a legacy in other people's life. Don't leave a legacy in money, fame, or power. Leave a legacy in the people's lives that you change. If you do that, it will be worth everything. Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, teammates, teammates. Once again, once again, I really, really, really appreciate you guys tuning in, man. Today, man, I have, I have a guest that, man, we, I met him when I was what, 18, incoming freshman at Carson Newman College. The Newman. Eight, <laughs> eight hours away from home, man. And, you know, you, it's just one of those guys that you connected with. You know, he was cool. He was, he was one of those dudes that was just focused. The, the word to describe him was focused. While I'm out there, I'm running around trying to do all these crazy things. You could just go to, to this guy and it's like, you know, you, you get a focus. Feels like we're in college and we have an opportunity to do something special. So, you know, and as you guys know, I went to Carson Newman College, which is a Division II school. And then I transferred to Stony Brook, which is a Division I school. Well, this gentleman transferred from... Division two, the real Division one school, which is South Carolina. <laughs> SCC put out two books. You know, I put out one, and I think I'm doing big things. He, he put out two books. Mr. Brandon Davis, what's happening, player? Hey, not much, Mr. Shank. You know, we call. It's good to hear from you, man. Always good to hear from you, man. Always good to hear. So, what's been going on? How's everything been going with you? 
And you know, uh, we're 31 now, man. You know, married, <laughs> have have a kid. He's about to be one. Matter of fact, in a couple of days, man. Um, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Coaching, teaching. Um, I can't complain. Well, congratulations, congratulations on that. You know, what what I didn't even know about you until after that freshman year is that your father is a preacher and mm-hmm. that you you've studied, yeah, yeah. you've been in the word a lot. Man, I came into college not I didn't have to go to church. I didn't go to church at all. I went to a Catholic school and that was the only reason I went to church. But it wasn't until mm-hmm. I moved to Florida where I really started I found this church and I started going and I started going to Bible study and started doing so many things and I saw how well how much Bible scriptures connected to what we went through on the field. So I have mm-hmm. I have my own answer to this, but I'm gonna let you come up with yours first and maybe we can compare. But what scripture would you say relates to football the most? What scripture in the Bible would you say relates to football the most? I would say the best scripture for me would be Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. And it says, Trust me with all thine heart and lean not to thy own understanding. And all that way now him and he shall direct that path. I think for me, that scripture basically says, for football, you have to have trust in your teammate and the coach and the system. You know, you do his best for the team. But that scripture sums it up to say, if you put your trust in God, he'll position you for a blessing, put you in the right position to succeed. Even though when you play football, you think you're going to make NFL, that may not be the purpose God has for you. So that scripture helped me get a long way, especially at the Carson Newman. Uh, it, it was all about putting my trust in him 100%. Even though I wasn't starting, we were with the freshman team. We couldn't even dress out. So that scripture stuck with me so much because it was like, hey, even though you, you may not be happy where you are, if you trust in me, I'm going to take you to higher places to meet better people, to be to put you in a position for a blessing. So that's, I feel like that's and it's helped me sum up football. Now, say the, say the scripture again because you were kind of fading in and out. Like, can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good now. Yeah, it's uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Yep, you get that third chapter of Proverbs, and and he'll talk about uh, just how to focus on him, how to trust in him. And, man, that's one of my first scriptures I read when I opened up the Bible, man. Mm -hmm. It it was awesome. It's an awesome word. Yeah, we used to, I used to go over Proverbs a lot, but the, um, you know, the, the scripture that I really think of, though, when I think about football is Matthew 10, 34, where it says, um, do not think it's, do not think I came to bring peace on earth, but I came to bring a sword. Mm-hmm. You know, that who loves, that who loves a God, uh, stepmother more than me. It, it's basically saying that God did not come to bring peace on earth, but as a sword. And, and that was such a, that was such an eye-opening revolution, revelation for me because you know, when you think of God, you think it's going to be peaceful and you think it's oh, going to be man. things that are just going to be, yeah. you know, calm. But you go on the football field, it's crazy. You know, it's wild. It's like, no. Nah. So that was the one for me that, that really connected. Man, I remember giving my life to Christ at Carson Newman. Mm-hmm. And I thought after that, man, it's going to be perfect. God going to smile on me. I'm going to meet my wife. I'm going to be beautiful kids. Man, I didn't know I had to get to where I am now. I had to go through all those trials and tribulations back then. 
I never knew that. I didn't understand. That's the way God works. Because imagine if he gave me just that, that perfect life. I wouldn't be thankful for him. I think he's a genie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I really wouldn't be thankful for the situations I've been through because he made it so easy for me. So I feel like God gives you a challenge and gives you something each year to focus on to get better to, and closer to him. So what do you mean by that if he gave you the perfect life? Like if you went to Carson Newman so, and everything worked out as you planned? Yeah. So, But the thing God showed me was that Carson Newman wasn't my future. Carson mm -hmm. was a temporary place for me. So I wanted to, to see that Carson Newman so bad, but God was like, hey, I got bigger plans for you. Do you trust me? And I kept saying, no, God, I, I want to start. I want to play. But God was like, hey, if you trust me, like I said, that scripture, then let me work this out for you. So I had to ride the bench and learn the hard way. So when I got to where God wanted me at USC, I understood things better. That's basically what it meant for me. Hmm. Love it, love it. Now, teammates, please, please, as, as I'm always telling you guys, take notes, take notes. I mean, I, we every time I bring someone on here, I'm not trying to take that dream of playing in the NFL away from you. We are not trying to steal that dream. But we are, we are <laughs> telling you, as people who have been through this college system, as people, you're, you're listening in to two folks that have played for two college football programs, a Division two and a Division one. Yeah. And everyone had that dream. Everyone thought, all right, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to meet this fight. Everything's just going to be perfect. But there will be bumps in the road. There wow. will be things in life that you got to really look in the mirror and ask yourself whose you are. That's another verse I love is whose you are. Because you got to stop thinking about just yourself. Uh -huh. And it's about how you react to those things. I like that, man. I like that. Say whose you are. Who's you are? Actually, it was uh, I got that one from okay. Tebow. Tebow. Tebow's uh, yeah. I, I forgot the name of his book, but it was like Who's You Are, like Mr. That. SEC Football. I like that, man. Yeah. Now I that leads me to my. Well, good. No, no, go ahead, man. Now that kind of leads me into my my second question is, how does that belief? How does that belief? In God, like, how does it help you as a player specifically? Because I'll be honest with you, as a player, it was tough. <laughs> like now, mm -hmm. we 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 took the pads off, and it's easy for us to look back and say, "All right, you know, yeah, we believe this doesn't happen." But when you're in it and you're going through the drills, and this is your first time, first time playing in a new area, how does that belief in God get you through those nerves and get you through those jitters and Make it so you come out a better man. I think, like you're saying, coming in as a freshman, it is it is hard, especially when you go in a different area like we did. We went, we moved to a different state. You said you came eight hours. I was only in like three or four. But transitioning is a big thing God can help us deal with. So in one in my first book, he helped me understand that I had to play for his glory. So regardless if I was starting, if I was a scout team. If we didn't dress out during the game, if I came to serve him, I was doing my job. If I messed up on a play, I was still playing for his glory. If I missed a tackle, I was still playing for his glory. And what I mean playing for his glory is that everything I do on that football field is for him. Hmm. I'm serving him. I'm doing my purpose because in the end of the day, 
if I do my purpose, God is pleased. Whether I won the game or lost the game, if I did my purpose, which is play that game 110%, I, I challenged my teammates, I encouraged my teammates, I dove, I played hard. And the thing I love about when you play for God's glory, he'll allow you to do that on your job, or in the church. He wants you to give him your passion, and he wants you to serve him by playing your heart out. And what about when we get out, that um, – what about when we get the, I won't say his name, but it, it ends with do. <laughs> what oh, about man. When we, <laughs> oh, man. Be real. What huh? about when we man. get those dudes that push your buttons, you know, and whether it be football or whether it be in the mm. job, you get those dudes. And I was roommates with them, so you didn't have to deal with yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> what about when we get those dudes that man, just man. don't, they like to push our buttons and we're cool, we're minding our business, they want to push you in the head, they want to call your names, they want to say this mm -hmm. because they know, yeah. okay, you, you're a believer, you you one of those mm -hmm. cool cats, you ain't gonna fight back. How do, how do we deal with that? Man, and, and I tell people, I'm still growing in the word. Even today, 10 years ago, we've been in Carson, probably more than that now, been in Carson mm -hmm. Newman, I'm still growing. So I, I tell people, don't confuse my meekness for weakness. I am a child of God. Just because, just because I, I am a Christian, does that mean I don't have feelings? When you poke me, I'm going to hurt. When you say things against me, I'm going to hurt. So I try my best to tame the tongue that we talk about in the book of James, but okay. he's still working on me. So when huh. you say something against me, I, pr I promise you I'm doing my best and I say something back. The, the, the guy we're talking about referring to ain't going to say his name. He was testing and pushing my buttons. And I thank God you closed that door before he threw that water bottle in. I don't know what's going to happen that day. That was my first year being a Christian. I thank uh, God you closed that door because I don't know what I was going to do. But God will allow you to go through challenges to build your character and your faith. You know, the funny thing, he came back to me, apologized, man. Oh, uh, no. See, now we got to tell the story because you brought it back. Yeah. So, well, TV, I, I, just, I, just so you know, yeah. back when we were we were freshmen in college, and we used to party mm -hmm. in Knoxville. All right, five dollar clothes, man. Five dollar clothes. Oh yeah, five dollar clothes. Well, actually, it's free before clothes. twelve. Yeah, we was we was one right. of free before twelve cats. So yeah, I had I, they, there was this running <laughs> joke that I had this thing for big girls. I didn't believe it. You know, I, hey, I just use that. You say what you want to, man. You say what you want to. We, hey, it wasn't me. It was y'all. You say what you want to. All right. Man. I just that fun. I didn't, I didn't feel like, look, if you got a little chunk in the trunk, I didn't feel like you should be discriminated. I knew I was eight hours away from home. Ain't nobody was going to see that. His teammates, they need to look the other way. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're driving back from Knoxville, and my roommate, you know, my, my roommate and Brandon didn't really get along too well. Not that they didn't get along, but he was one of those stubborn guys. He was a bully. He was yeah, one of those yeah. guys that Try to wanted to bully. push people's buttons. He was just into things, and he didn't last. He didn't last his freshman year. He got in a fight, and just things didn't work out. However, on the way back, he's just he's in the she's sitting in the trunk, and me and B Smooth were in the back seat, and he's just poking Brandon's head. Poking it, poking it, poking it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Like, dog, dog. I told him to stop. I, I told him to stop a couple times. Now I said, "Hey man, chill out, man, chill out." Y'all said, "Chill." Out. I I gave him a warning, man. I promise you. I, like you know, they say you break in, you supposed to give somebody a warning shot. I kept giving him warnings. I said, "Hey man, chill out, man." I, I'm saying, "Chill out, man." And he said, "He killed me. I'm not be smooth. I'm be rough." And Adam oh, yeah. bugs out and starts laughing, which made it even worse. 
because you know he was looking for a laugh, man. Yeah, that, you know that, he was that's for probably a laugh. my fault because I, I couldn't hold it. That was that was a good one, actually. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, whatever, man. But that whatever, was the 18-year-old me. That was the 18-year-old me. This is so. This is what happened. You know, Beast Move lost it. You might, you guys might not know it by listening in, but he lost it at one point. Just turned around. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember what happened, man. I know you remember. I could not remember. I, I told my wife, I could not remember what happened. I just know I blacked out for a second. Because right. I, it, he, I tried my best to tell him to stop, man, but it's like he wanted to push my button so bad. He just wanted to push my button so bad. And time, what he's man. referring to with the water bottle, I didn't even remember. He just reminded me, but he had a water bottle and he was getting ready to throw it at him as he left. Dude, I, I promise you, I, I was yeah. going to run down there to Harrison Square. Y'all live about, what, half a mile from me? Man, it's down the road. I was going to meet y'all there and wait for him outside. I, 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 I'm sorry, man. I, I don't know what's going to happen that night. He better hope Jesus came and saved him, man, but God, thought that you don't put your hands on it, man. And plus, I didn't do anything to you. If I did something to him, I stole his girlfriend, I put my hands on him, okay, yeah, fair game, he can put his hands back on. But yeah. I did nothing to that man. I never spoke his way. I don't know. And that's he apologized what gets to it, me that uh-huh. But that's where that that's where the lesson comes in, teammates. That's where the lesson comes in. Who we're talking about, the next semester, he got his ass whooped. And I'm so, again I, I try to <laughs> I try to keep my language to a memorable, you know, especially when we're our brothers like him. But he got his ass whooped. He's, and he was from Maryland, made me look bad. It was just me and him that were from Maryland. He gets his ass whooped, gets kicked out. Of, not, I mean, it's one thing if you whoop some ass and get kicked out of school. I've never been in a situation where you get you your mean? ass kicked and then you oh, get kicked. <laughs> who who do you fight? Uh, it was uh, Chris. Because I remember I went to um, I went to that Jay Z concert and I came back. And it was Chris uh, Decker or something like that. Chris comes up to me and is like, yeah, I just heard your boy got knocked out. Mm. And within a week, he's out of school, completely gone. And it, and it boils down to, you know, he wanted to be big bully guy, big tough guy when it was around cool people. But when Man. it was around people that were hit back, what happens then? See, and that's what I was doing. A Bible study at my church last week, and that word came up. You reap what you sow. You see, Ooh. when you sow bad seeds right there, he was sowing some bad seed. And God said, okay, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who put their hands on people. So you drive, <laughs> you drive my child, Brandon, and he ain't hit you back. Mm-hmm. And so you thought, but God says, okay, I got something for you. I got something for you. I'm going to give you somebody who's going to give you what you're looking for. See, he wasn't expecting that. He was expecting somebody who just, somebody, Helicopter going over. It might be he, he was probably expecting somebody who gonna do the same thing I did and just tell him to chill out. But see, people get tired, man. People get tired of bullies, and I don't like bullies, man. Even I don't like I don't appreciate that in school. I'm not like a bully. I feel like that's a coward and a person mm-hmm. who's always envy of you or something, and they may yeah. be jealous of you. That's why they go and try to attack you instead of being your friend and asking you, "Hey, man, how, how'd you get the way you are?" Yeah. If you ask me, I tell you everything. Yeah, I would tell you everything. That's what we should start doing as people. Ask yeah. people how they got to the job there. Or ask them how they mm-hmm. got there, and you never know what they'll tell you. It's yeah. our biggest problem in America. And I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. It, it translates into the work. I've, I've dealt with a lot of hymns in the, all of the jobs that I've gotten. When you oh, get man. a manager, you, if, as us as football players, we're hungry. We know how to go out. 
we're gonna recruit, we're gonna do some sales. We we're not scared to talk to people, but when you get people that have this idea of a secure job, they'll treat you the same way he does or he did. Mm. And the message I want to get to to the people that are listening in is you don't have to go about just like Beast Move said, you don't have to go about retaliating your way. God is on that. God is on that. Uh -huh. Oh, most definitely. We are living proof most example. Definitely. There is no way the two of us would talk most and talk. Definitely. It's like no one goes D2 to D1. Who does that nowadays? I've rarely <laughs> heard it, of a situation. It don't happen, man. And I wasn't nearly that great of an athlete. I, I went to a great high school and all that, but to, to be in a situation that we're, we're D2 and then going D1, most people go D1 mm -hmm. and then mess up, they go D2 and, you know, try to establish man. their career. But our lives got better after Carson Newman. And it was like, yeah, didn't so have to retaliate. So much better. And I, I'll say this. I could have retaliated, but what was that showing? Like, let's say when you become a Christian, you become a child of God, and everything I do resembles him. So mm -hmm. if I acted upon that, they would have been, oh, he ain't no Christian. He was the same thing we do. So I always yeah. got to remember, am I making God smile by my actions right now? Ooh. Or am I just trying to be me? And Ooh. if I want to make God smile by my actions, I got to act according to what the word said. Jesus yes. says if someone comes against you, turn the other cheek. Let it go. They, they shouldn't offend you because at the end of the day, my job is to serve him. And if mm -hmm. I'm always focused on Jesus, if, if, if Sladu, if, if, if Boo Boo come at me and they come against me, man, go ahead, man. I don't care. Talk about it. <laughs> hey, I'm living good. I'm blessed. I have a house. Man, I'm doing good. And I'm yeah. trying to serve God. Now, sometimes they're going to come against you because the devil always knows your weakness. He'll use yeah. people who are close to you to affect you. But you have to say then, just like Jesus said when he was being tempted 40 days and 40 nights, hey, mm -hmm. hey, man lives by every word of God. That man is mm -hmm. when I challenge myself to get into the scriptures and meditate on his word. So then I have my scripture, like I was telling you, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Yeah. Now I'm going to continue to put my doubt and I'm going to start trusting in God. Okay, God, I'm going through this thing with my wife. I'm going through this thing with my team. Okay, God, help me. That simple prayer magnifies and you never know the anointing and the covering god can put over your life just that prayer. simple thing you just pray to god and he can just work miraculous things for your life and you can take yourself up out of situation yeah i i, I mean man that, that's a lot that's a lot because it, it's so true and and yeah i'm glad you brought that up because that i remember the <laughs> the memory of that and seeing it and seeing it come into that happened in what 2007 to see the turnaround 13 years later. Yeah. I'm just glad teammates, I'm glad people listening in are gonna realize because there's so much that goes on, especially now with COVID and yeah, the way the game has changed so much. Like, <laughs> I don't know how it was for Dutch Fork, but for my high school Beast Move Dog, these boys are walking around like they are NFL players. Wow. They walk, I mean, just cause I mean, yeah, we've got some great things, but these boys are walking around like they run like they're invincible. Humble yourself, humble yourself man. And they, I, I hope they get this and humble yourself. Humble, humble yourself. yourself. Just like, man. remember when, um, I don't know if you watched uh, Georgia and Oklahoma, when Maker Mayfield is talking all this shit and oh, he man. loses. And he lost saying, humble yourself. Humble yourself, boy. <laughs> it, man, I tell you what, fact, man. A crazy thing happened. When I was at USC, a guy named, I can't give his name, the story happened. He was supposed to go to NFL. Stuff fell through. He tried to commit suicide. 
So he, people put so many marbles in football. God is trying to tell you football is not your only purpose. It is your small purpose. What besides can you use your platform in football to help magnify where you're really supposed to go to? So I thought football was my everything. God wanted me to have a ministry. He wanted me to have a foundation. He wanted me to coach. He wanted me to teach. That's just four areas of my life. Now I'm a father, a husband, a brother. Man, wow. God has so much more for you to do. You just have to tap into the source of which is God. See, a lot of us want to keep saying, oh, I'm a football player. Go ahead. What's going to happen when football fall through? Man, you ain't got nothing. You have yeah. nothing. Yeah. Man. I mean, what... Now, how do you, because I remember, um, and we're getting a lot off topic, but I, yeah. I remember Ray Lewis's, uh, his Hall of Fame speech. And when he said, can we put prayer back in schools? How, since you're in the school system, what would you say we have to do to get that done? It wouldn't happen. I'll be real. The school system, and, and man, they'll fire me. I wouldn't even care. The school system is meant for our kids to fail. And I'll tell you this and why, why it is that. Being in the school system, when I first became a teacher, I could not wait. I could not wait to get in this classroom. I'm a PE teacher. I could not wait to get in the gym and work out kids. Kids do not want to come to school because they're told they're grown. They're told they don't need this stuff. And they tell them, their mamas tell them they don't need PE teachers and I only get paid $10 an hour. Oh, that's false. I, I better get paid more money than that. But I say the system is to fill our kids because all they do is teach you fake history, as we can see happening these days. They don't teach you the real things. They don't teach you anything about financial planning. They don't teach you about your taxes. They don't teach kids how to set goals. They don't teach kids a lot. All they do is want you to pass these classes, give you your diploma, and send you your way. If your parents don't come to the school when you're failing or to help you out, it's sit there to fail you. They have kids now who can't read in the eighth grade. What sense does that make? Predominantly black kids. It makes no sense, but all they're going to do is keep passing you. No Child Left Behind, 2005, made by George Bush. They're going to keep passing you along until you're 18. If you ain't passed, it's going to send you to night school and keep it moving. You have to go get it yourself. Like we talked about earlier, we were hungry people. A lot of people were fed. They pushed the plate away. They're satisfied where they are. You can never be satisfied where you are. You always want to get higher. You want to make more money. I want to do better things in life. I always want more. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Now, how do you think about, though, because I went to a Catholic school, and mm -hmm. I, had a, I had a very misguided view on what prayer is. It wasn't until I, and I moved out to South Florida when I realized yeah. it's just a conversation with God. You know, yeah. when, I was, when I was going through that Catholic school system, and this is my first time going through it, I thought it was something you have to memorize, like Hail Mary, full of grace, da, 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 da. and I didn't know. So can you sort of go in a little bit about what, what prayer really is? Prayer is your simple communication with God. That's all prayer is. Prayer that's it, is teammates. You, that's all. You just say, thank you, Lord, and you said a prayer. You just say, God, I need some help. You said a prayer. Prayer is, is the Bible says in uh, James 5, 16, affected. Every prayer of a righteous man shall accomplish much. Mm -hmm. And basically what that is saying, your prayer to God is amazing. God loves it because now you're depending on him. And within that second, your prayer, whatever you said, three to 20 words, it, 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 God is amazed. You, you fully depend upon him. Now, the, the closer you get to God, your prayer becomes longer because now you're trying to pray for your parents and your sisters. But prayer is simply 
you communicating and just having a simple talk with God. That's it. That's, That's it. it. And, and what threw me off, what honestly threw me off, was feeling like I have to memorize something. And, you know, we'll, I'll bring <laughs> oh, up another, man. I'll bring up another guy, Carson, that I had my problems with, and we called him Pastor. <laughs> we called oh, him man. Pastor. And, you know, again, just like these people that grew up in the church, but we're talking about two completely different people. I wrote about him a little bit in my book, Swiftly, and I titled this, <laughs> titled, I don't know if you've read it yet, but I titled it Church Bullies. Because there were times oh. in which I would get slandered by him. I had the funny name. I had things that were just different. And it made being a, a man of God, a Christian, or just being a believer in general, there's, there are people out there that make it so it's so much more complicated than it has to yeah. be. But yes, it's just like Beast Move said. It's just your conversation. So right now, you could be listening to this, living in a shack. You could be living in your car. You could be living anywhere if you just say god look i'm willing to shape up i'm willing to do what i gotta do that's fair mm -hmm. that's it that's what you just said easier i can't even it's easier for a rich guy no no it's easier for a uh, poor man to make it to heaven than it is what is it again help me out beast move it's, it's easier, easier for the, the camel to go through the eye of a needle than there for we a go. rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven take him to church take him to church so, all right because <laughs> I, I, I speak love on. that verse because mm -hmm. that that was really hit home. Whenever I was around mm -hmm. that guy, I felt like I wasn't Christian enough. Mm -hmm. like I used to swear a lot back then. I used to, again, me and the big women had a little thing, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I felt judged in ways yeah. that you guys will never imagine. And it wasn't until I learned what Beast Move just said that, yo, mm -hmm. you don't have to be perfect. You're not going to be no. here to be the perfect guy. Just have a conversation with God. And day mm -hmm. to day, those steps are just going to, you're going to see things in your life are great. Like, I found Miami. Miami, I did not plan to live in Miami. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, it was a calling. It was like, yo, I, I was like, well, you deserve this shit. You deserve it. Yeah. You done been through and, all of this. You got to go to mm -hmm. Miami and, and do your thing. Go be great. I'll speak on two points. One about Lee, one about uh, the first about perfection. You know, the only perfect person to walk on this earth is Jesus Christ. And we can't be a perfect Christian. It's impossible. You were, you were born with sin in your body because of Adam and Eve in the, the book of Genesis. They committed sins. So in our bodies that we have sin, it's impossible to be perfect. What we do is strive for, per for perfection to be like Jesus. And we're going to mess up. We're going to sin. But the good thing about being a Christian, you can repent of your sins. And the Bible says it shall be forgiven. Now, now back to, 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 to Lee, a pastor. Yeah, I was, that was what we Pastor, and, um, I, at that time, I stopped cussing. And, and, and because the Bible speaks of when you he speak, did. you speak he from did. your heart. And he I did. stopped saying the N-word. I say, brother. I substituted because I didn't want to speak bad on my people anymore. I, I, you know, the N word sometimes drops out when I get mad, but you know, I'm doing my best. Uh, but Pastor tried to fit in, and listen to this. Somebody told me this. Pastor tried to fit in when God wants you to stand out. God never wants you to fit in and conform to anything on this world. He's made you different, He's made you the way He wants to, and you're perfect in God's eyes. The problem is, we try to, to be perfect in other people's eyes. Yeah. Pastor kept trying to. He kept trying to impress our buddy, his buddy, I call him Ark. I won't put nobody's name out. Yeah, yeah. He tried to, to impress him so much. He tried to cuss. He tried to go get women. What Pastor was doing was he was doing one of the craziest things in this world, a fence-sitting Christian. 
Either you're going to be for God or you're going to be against him. Right. That's what God is saying to us. Either you're for me or you're against me. So when pastor, I see him now preaching, I'm not going to judge him on based upon what he did in the past because hey, we all got a past. Yeah, yeah. We all do things crazy. But one thing I did not like was that you were in the pulpit preaching at that time, but you were still doing things that you shouldn't do. You knew it was wrong. Man, we, yeah. we were talking about the Bible study. There are two types of sins. I don't mean to rant, but the word gets moving, man. It was commission and omission. You know, those two types of sins talk about when you know something's wrong, you shouldn't do it. He knew it was wrong, but he kept doing it. Right. Now, you could say, hey, he's young and everything, right. but it, it's a, a point in time where you got to make a choice, man. Who are you going to serve, God or the devil? Right. You, there's no middle ground. You just either and, for and, him or you're against him. And that verse about easier, you know, it's easier for a poor man to make it happen, that applies to that because he's rich with knowledge. He's rich with, I mean, I, yeah. I went to his church. He, me, and, me and Say went to his church in Memphis. And he knew this uncle was preaching. I mean, there's hundreds of people showing up to his church. He was rich with knowledge. And at the end of the day, he's still 18. At the end of the day, he still wants to fit in. At the end of the day, he's still, yeah. so even though you know it, and if I try to tell him, no, I'm not listening to Osborne because he didn't grow up in no church. He didn't, he didn't he do said that. That was, well, not verbally, but, you know. But, I mean, but that's our biggest problem with Christians. We Bible bash people too much. Yeah. If we want people to come to the word, we must be, uh, 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 have that meekness. We must be soft as a dove. Mm -hmm. You, you, you want to be able to invite people in. That's why I love when the church says, come as you are. Yes. You use his address, but you want to come as you are spiritual. So I may be broken. I may be not know the word, the Bible. God says, come. I don't care how you come. I can fix you. God says he can fix you. Don't let the people fix you. Right. So you should, nobody should never bash anybody for being a Christian or how, where you are in your life, man. I'm not going to bash a drug addict or uh, a drug dealer um, right. because guess what? Um, they can always come and be saved. I'm not going to bash anybody because that could be me. Who knows? Exactly. It could be me if I didn't change my life. Yeah, and, and well, he I can confirm it because as as people know, my name is Aswan, and when I, when I first met Beast Move, he was switching the curse words out. There was it was a summer bridge. <laughs> <laughs> that old B water. I'm, I'm getting called different curse words like E one, A one. It's like all we're doing is switching the curse words. We're just trying to get the dope. Hey, man, and then he time, stopped. Man. You know, my goodness. Hey. At the end of that year, he stopped. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I changed my life, man. I, 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 I truly enjoyed y'all that first summer, man. I never had. I knew my homeboys, man. It was good to have friends who you went to college with, man. I couldn't have had a better time, man. I mean, we were all wet me. behind the ears, all wet behind the ears. And I, I tell people all the time, if we would have been in any other school, we probably would have got kicked because we would just be so stupid. But we were at Carson oh, Newman. So God was man. like, you guys are going to be stupid, but at the end of the day, yeah. you were at Carson Newman. There's only so much trouble you're going to get into. So, Man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I met a Good different time. version of all you guys when I got the story work, too. It was like, oh, man, see, that's beast move. There I go say, there I go, <laughs> there I go David, there I go oh, T-Bird. Oh man, David, oh man. Yeah, there I go the whole crew, there I go Jersey, man. the one dude out the crew, hanging with yeah. us. Yeah. 
Oh man, you bring back too many memories now, man. Yeah, that was that was those are the days. We thought, we thought we were invincible, but uh, man, yeah. all right, I we have got off topic. <laughs> My final question for you was um, a specific. Ah, right, yeah, all right, that was it. What would you say? Was there a specific example of how? And I, I know you texted me a few times where you had to lead prayer at, at USC and all those things, but can you provide any specific examples when you were at USC to where, all right, I may, I did it. I did it. Where, where you realized God was with you regardless, like whether Steve Spray was going to believe in you, whether just one for them. So they know what they should be looking out for. If you understand the question. The one, what I, I did it. I mean, I don't know if there's ever a point where it, I'm at USC. I didn't get to where I wanted to playing wise, you know, facing. You remember Coach Banks from Carson Newman? Well, yeah. I met another one. He was ten. T- he was like a little worse. Um, <laughs> and he was coach your position Ward. coach. And, 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 yeah, yeah, he's my position coach again, man. Oh. I, I kept saying, "God, what are you doing to me?" But <laughs> I did not know back then God was preparing me to coach now. Man, the power of God is amazing. So he told me what not to do. So now I know how to treat my kids maybe better. But there you go. One one point where at USC where I felt that I I was God was was moving me up. I remember we played Florida uh, my last year, 2010, and I mean they wouldn't let me start. I remember my coach would um he he would make me. He wouldn't let me press with the ones or twos all week long. I just played special teams. So I would sit on the sideline, and I'll just sit there, and I'm just resting my energy for the game. And our star corner, Stefan Gilmar, goes down, and he says, all right, BD, um, go on the game. I said, Coach, I don't know the game plan. Are you good? He did it on purpose because I messed up one play, and then film, he, he puts my play on the big old screen in front of about 60 people. You see, BD, uh, that's why you don't play, because you messed up. And everybody looks at me like, you never get in during practice. How you don't know what to do? But I'm looking at him like, okay, again, here we go again. He would yeah. always tell me, um, uh, I said, Coach, why don't I get to play? Oh, you're you the hardest working player on the team. Okay. Well, I just don't think you were consistent enough. So how be the hardest working person on the team but not be consistent mm-hmm. enough? Didn't make sense. But he always kept giving me a thing. He finally came out and told me that um, – I had a future without football. These other guys didn't. Wow. Yeah, black wow. guys. Black, black guy told me that. And I mean, wow. wow. I'm over yeah. here saying, I don't care if I got a future. I want to play. I'm that hungry. I'm yeah, that petty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the Florida game, I played special teams, the Gunners on punt, I the kickoff. I, they called it headhunters. And yeah. then that game, I averaged, I had five, almost six tackles just on special yeah. teams. So now, I this was after your coach told you that? I mean, he told me that in the summer of 2010. Wow. Huh. Um, so I, I, I was bitter. I really was. But I took it out on the field. And I yeah. tell people that don't take it out on, on, on just, just for no reason, man. Let that anger out on the field. That's what we call it mm-hmm. football. We get, we get an intense game. So I went crazy that year, man. I almost racked up about 25 tackles just on special teams. Hmm. Um, it was unheard of at that time. So the Florida, and we won the game. 
got on ESPN, man, making tackles. And I was like, man, okay, God, I'm doing something. And so I guess that'd be a high moment I had. I know times of praying um, led prayers and the Holy Spirit took over, man. I mean, there was chills going through people's bodies, my body, when the prayer was taken. So, I mean, I don't know if it was ever a high moment, but there were moments yeah. that I do remember that, that, that really stand out. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that game up because I remember that, that night I shot you a text when I, when I saw that on TV. I was, I was, okay, teammates, I was a little intoxicated. But <laughs> I was like, oh, and it, honestly, it made me put the drink down because I remember that night specifically I put the drink down. I'm like, you know what, dog? We got to do better. I got to put I got to do better. Me Smooth is on TV pumping up his hometown crowd. And he told me he was going to be there. I'm like, come on, dog. This is SEC. You ain't about to play this. So be smooth. Uh, well, before I close, I got this little activity I like to do. I, I got four words I'm going to say. And just give me the first thought that comes to mind when I say these four words. Cool? All right. Word number one, belief. What comes to mind? Mm. Uh. Uh, belief what comes to mind I mean God uh, him being the head of my life there you go word number two family oh man everything I mean I have nothing about my family man their support uh, just their sacrifices oh man I have been a, a father now I'm nothing about my family it's everything everything there you go that was my third word sacrifice <laughs> Oh man, um, not afraid to give up yourself. I think a lot of times we're afraid to step out on faith in relationships. We're afraid to to give myself all. But when you sacrifice yourself, as Jesus Christ did for us, He was never afraid because He knew God always had His back. So I see a sacrifice. Just I'm willing just to give my best, hundred ten percent, and don't look back. Because if I mess up, hey, I gave my all. That's all I can ever say. Final word, devotion. Hmm. You got to get that devotion in the morning. A need to. I know a need and a want, that's a need. Uh, without getting that word, and sometimes with so many things going on, when you don't get that devotion, you're missing that key part you need in your, your day. Like full armor guy talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. You're missing that covering because when you go out in this world, the enemy's trying to down you, discourage you, and, and, and get you off track where God wants you. Uh, but getting that devotion in the morning is, is a need basis, and you have to get it. So it, it's very important and a key and a vital part of your day. Be smooth. Uh, men don't say this enough to each other, but but I love you, man. I do. I man, love you. I love you, too, you a lot. Man. We, we, Appreciate we, you, we man. came a long way. Um, before I officially yes, close. Uh, is there anything you could tell them what the title of your book is and how to get in contact with you and stuff like that? Yeah, um, title of my book, the first one was The Faithful Walk On. Uh, just testing of my life, man. God can truly work miracles in your life if you open your heart up to him. Uh, the second one, and the first one was 2012, the second one was 2014, um, called The Swag Mentality, How to Strive with a Good God, How to Change Your Mentality and that conform to this world. They're both on Amazon.com. Uh, and outskirtspress.com, uh, you'll see my author page. I have not written a book since then. I'm trying to get one out this year or next year. Uh, I've been a drought. I got married and have a kid and coach. And 
that's my line. So uh, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. Yeah, we'll keep grinding at it. I'm working on my second one as well. So we'll definitely man, collab. That, we'll man. definitely collab on some some projects. I'm I'm down south now, so just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm officially down south out here in South Florida, man. COVID's all awesome, over the man. place, but oh, most we will get through this. Now. We will get through this. Trust me. We, gotta get we will through get through this. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. So take everything I don't want it I don't need it God, won't you take everything I don't want it I don't need it God, I just want you just want you I just want you I just want you We just want you We just want you yeah We just want you We just want you
don't mean anything. Take everything, Lord, take. 